tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Back to the show, it's been an incredible past week when the data from the Ghana Statistical Service hit town. It was shocking because of the huge number of people who are unemployed, tertiary students, people who have gone for higher education who still cannot get jobs to do. And in fact, so many people say, master's degree these days in the country it's just for so many students who've just graduated from undergraduate who can't find something to do and so want to keep themselves busy by going on to do more degrees and they just can't find a job to do and so tonight on the show we ask what will it take to fix the unemployment issue and of the various government programs yee jida napco and all those other political programs have they really yielded any tangible tangible results or they've just really been politics. In the global economic crisis, the public sector recruited 1.2 million people, while the private sector they had created 975,000 jobs, according to SNIT data. We recruited 100,000 more health workers. 100,000 more teachers, more than double the fire service personnel, and so on. Our government clearly has created more jobs in the last seven years than any other government in the Fourth Republic. This We see a 
reduction in outside the labor force of persons approximately 440,000 persons and because this is a set of three categories of people you need to find where they are going to in the movement and in fact so many people doing a lot of things you remember that sound here on joy back 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 movement so many people doing so many things to be able to survive and i have some really interesting guests to tell us at least what they make of all these talks about unemployment employment situation in the country and we we we, we are we, we've been joined by karim abdul iradams karim and he's one of the favorite guys that I like to listen a lot. Karim, it's good to have you join us. Um, thank you very much, Kwekua. It's good to be here. Uh, this year, I think this is the first time I'm coming on. Right. Uh, the year 2024, it's good to be here. Mm. Karim is a poet also, and he has some interesting insight on all these things. Alfred is mining the data. He's been talking a lot about the data that the vice president put out, SNED data, comparing and contrasting, having debates, banter with Miracles and Co. on Twitter. Um. Alfred, it's good to connect with us today. Hi, Kuku. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to be back on the show again. Mm. And then I have Nicholas, and Nicholas has an interesting story. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Nicholas, good evening, and thanks for connecting with us. Good evening. Right. So before I go right into my guest, listen to this story of Nicholas, and it tells the story about the employment situation in the country. In a city where academic degrees don't always open doors, the story of a 36-year-old first-class graduate biting hard on the rope of unemployment opened my heart to embrace life in the best way possible. But before I tell you the story of Nicholas, ponder this. What would you do for work if your first-class degree could not earn you a white-collar job? market was my first place of contact that was around 2013 i had only two cities in my pocket and the machines were there but to start was a challenge 
Nicholas is a 36-year-old husband and father of one. He graduated top of his class from Methodist University, but for 10 years now, his office has been the bustling market center and his client traders in the markets. This is what I've been doing for a living. I take blood pressure at a sugar level. I take two cities when checking the blood pressure and then six cities when checking the sugar level. And then this is what I've been doing to support myself as a man in, the, in this economic hardship. I've been doing this way for the past 10 years. I started in 2013. According to the World Health Organization, the burden of hypertension is very high in Africa, where two-thirds of cases are found. Well, that is Nicola's story. It's a long story. You can find that on our various social media platforms. A very interesting feature done there by Suti Abuchi, our colleague here at Joni. So that is the staggering nature of the problem. Nicholas graduated at the top of his class, but, but could not find a job. For so long, he had to be pushed to find something to do. It takes me back again to the days of Kwakokpa. Nicholas, so, I mean, tell us about the, the hunt for jobs, the job search, and how you came to decide that it's something you could do. Okay, thank you very much. But uh, before that, I would like to make some correction. I wasn't the overall best student, and even in my department, I think a lady comes first, comes first before okay before me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the first class in my, in my okay. class. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, um, let's get back in time in 2013, where after secondary school in 2005, I have to go through a series of hardship because the SS certificate is not worthy enough to secure you a job. And by then, it was Diploma in Business Studies that was raining. So I had to pursue Diploma in Business Studies with the hope that I may get a job. I completed the Diploma in Business Studies in 2013, and unfortunately, there wasn't any job available for me. So I decided to embark on uh, um, blood pressure and uh, sugar level checking. The idea was championed by my then girlfriend, who happens to be my wife now. She was a midwife student by then. So she bought the apparatus for me and then gave me some necessary basic training to help me start the business. So it got to a point in time where I could see that uh, there were still no jobs coming and my energy was depleted. So as a matter of fact, I decided to... Hello? So as a matter of fact, I decided to pursue the degree with the hope that uh, I may get a job after the degree. So while I was doing the blood pressure and sugar level, I was still attending school as an evening student. As an, as an evening student. And I completed with a, a CGP of 3.72, and so there is no job for me available. So I'm still with my blood pressure and sugar level, hoping that one day, one day, there may be a job. But mm. unfortunately, um, we are still on it, mm. hoping for something better to happen. Right. I mean, thank you, Nicholas. I'll come back to you. Please hold it there for me. But of course, we, we, we can say now that Nicholas is employed. Of course, he's doing something that brings some income. Of course, the income may not be enough to be able to take care of all his needs and what he has, but at least Nicholas is doing something. Um, Eradams Karim, you've also been out of school. You, I mean, you, you have so many things that you are doing, but you, you, you have a grasp of, of, of this situation. I mean, I know so many people who go to you on a daily trying to ask you to find something for them to do. You, 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 heard this, you heard this story from Nicholas. How bad, how bad is the situation out there for so many young people who just can't find something meaningful to do? Well, it's, it's beyond bad. 
Um, I'd say that it's terrible, you know, what's happening as far as the unemployment situation in our country is concerned. I, I don't. So on a daily basis, you know, I talk, I talk to people on a daily. You know, like I'm, I'm constantly interacting with people. I'm, I'm constantly hearing people out, and you, every day you're getting people asking you, you know, do you know of any job openings here? You know, can I send you my CV? So you look at it, and if you have an opening, then you can, you know, um, get me. And at this point, it's it's so bad that people do not even care how much it is that they are going to be paid. They just want something to do. And that's how terrible it's got into. And it's not as though, you know, the qualifications are not there. Uh, it's not as though uh, such people are not educated. You know, people are educated. They've gone to school. They have all the classes. Some of them have the skill sets, but there's just not something for them to do. And let's also not lose sight of the fact that this particular challenge is multifaceted, right? Now, as much as there are so many people out there who, who have what it takes, they have the skill set, they have the qualification and all of that, but there are just not opportunities for them. I mean, there are equally people, you know, who also just do not meet certain criteria that some organizations or some institutions are looking out for. But that's just one part of the conversation. For me, I think that tonight, the 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 um the crux of the whole matter should should be you know the fact that there are not so many opportunities out there for you know our graduates and you know skilled youth alike to take advantage of and that's why we find ourselves in the in, in the in the you know this particular situation that we find ourselves in today it's terrible and there are so many things that so many people are doing today just to survive and when you listen to some of these stories, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's really, it's really, really unfortunate. And we just keep, you know, doing the dilly-dally, playing politics with it every day. This one comes in, says that. This person comes in, says that. We are spewing different kinds of statistics out of there on a daily basis. But the reality is staring us right in the face. Every year we are churning out numerous graduates. Every single year. But where are the opportunities for them? I am self-employed. I had to find something for myself to do. Because if I was going to rely on the government or rely on the system that we find ourselves in, I'm probably sure I'll still be seated home, right? And just as you intimated, and there are so many people today who have resorted to just going back to school to go and gather more degrees and gather more qualifications because they are unable to find anything to do with their lives when they get out of school. And that's how pathetic it is, and that it should not be the case. There's so many people who choose to go abroad and go clean toilets. You know, they'll choose to go abroad and, and, and go do all sorts of menial jobs. And they don't even care, you know, what risk they have to go through. They don't care how much money they have to gather and just, you know, throw it at some agents and say, look, do whatever it takes to get me out of here. I'm sick and tired of staying in this country because on a, on a daily basis, Ghana just keeps giving people enough reasons to not stay. And it's sad. It's pathetic. And the long-term impact is going to have on us, you know, if we're not careful as a state, we're going to end up losing so many of our human resource. And once that happens, mm. we are beginning to spell doom for our country. Mm. And if something needs to be done, it needs to be done immediately. At this point, me, I'm personally sick and tired of the NDC-MPP banter as far as unemployment is concerned. I do not think that an issue such as unemployment should have anything to do with our stinking partisanship that we, you know, engage in in this country. 
Kwekwen, if we are not careful, we are going to be spelling doom. A lot of terrorist organizations, a lot of the security threats that we are seeing, you know, around our country and in other parts of the world, people leverage on the fact that youth are vulnerable and then they take advantage of them. Imagine what's going to happen if these terrorist organizations start infiltrating our communities and identifying unemployed young people and giving them small change, just giving them small money and start training them. What do you think is going to happen? Eventually, they're going to start recruiting all of these young people into these terrorist organizations. Right. I mean, and that's bad for our country. Hmm. Thanks, Karim. That, that's, a, that's a good point. We, we, we'll go to question free of the YA shortly. They're doing something to try and bridge the gap. We'll try and see if it's, if it's been really effective and if the numbers that the government and people have been putting out are, is, are really anything to go by. But let me go to Alfred. Alfred, Nicholas and Karim have all painted a very gloomy situation about this, a gloomy piece about the situation. What does the data show? Uh, before we get into some of the data that the vice president, the, the, the employment minister, have all been putting out. Um, thanks, Kuku. And, and I'm really glad that Nicholas and Karim went, went ahead of me. So um, from what they were describing, um, it, it, it paints a picture that you know, like in the developing in the developing world or developing country context, right? When we say employment, the definition is or the definition of employment is basically doing something. Like like Nicholas said, like doing something, right? Whatever you're doing to produce a good and get it or provide a service that you get paid for, it's considered employment. Now, what waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. That means is that uh, when we look at unemployment or we look at employment figures, we have to really contextualize them. So when we say, for example, the unemployment is 14.7% as of quarter three. Basically, it is even generous. That 14.7% is even higher. Like when you think about meaningful work, like people doing work that will end them a wage, right? Or will end them a livable wage. So when you look at the structure of the, the Ghanaian labor market or the employed, the, the, at least the employed section of it, you see that it is mostly dominated by self-employed people who don't have any employees. Now, what that means then is that you know, they are they're in what, what we call like vulnerable employment, right? The employment is not really sustainable. You think of like, you know, if somebody sell, for example, selling pure water, when they get interviewed, they are going to say they, they do, they do work. But how much are they making that is going to sustain them? So that's that's one of the things that I really wanted us, we really want us to contextualize that 
because we have a very informal sector, the definition of employment is very loose, right? As far as you're doing something, uh, it might not be something that will be sustaining you or anything, you will still be counted as employed. And so even our unemployment number, even though it's high at 14.7%, it's still even very generous. Like it could be higher if we if we put a more even if even if we if we put a more strict definition to it. So one of the things that I really like to focus on is how are we transforming the structure of the labor market? So I can give you some you know data points. In 2016-17, when we did the Ghana Living Standard Survey. What, what that showed us was that about 24% of the people that are employed were in what we call wage employment. So they are paid employees, or uh, there's also a small section of people that are paid apprentices. So those are all considered as like paid employees. Um, now, when we look at the data right now, we are looking at that number has reduced to about 22% of the employed population, right? So what is that is telling us is that, but again, when you, on the flip side, when you look at those, uh, the one I, the ones that I call vulnerable, those that are in vulnerable employment, we've seen a transition from about 49% of the total employed population to now 53%. So what is that is telling us is that we are not creating sustainable jobs, right? The jobs that we, are, we claim to be creating, and a lot of them, when you look at it, a lot of them are just transitional jobs. We're not creating sustainable jobs. So we're not causing any fundamental shift in the structure of the labor market. And that's why when you talk to people, it's like, I'm working, but, you know, things are not really going well, right? Because, yeah, of course, the number of people, the percentage of people that are in wage employment, because when somebody's in a wage employment, you know, there's a formal structure of, uh, you know, that at the end of the month, you get some payments here and there and all of that. There's a structure in place. In some cases, you might have some health insurance benefits and all of those kinds of things, right? So that is that is really a key thing to focus on. Also, the percentage of people that are in vulnerable employment right now, as a whole, is about 68%. So take all the people that are saying they're employed, about 68% of them, according to the staff service, are in what they call vulnerable employment. So these are the key, some key indicators mm -hmm. that really has to be the focus. It's not so much about we've created this many jobs. So what, what, what are the quality of the jobs that we are creating? And how is that changing the lives of people? I think that really should be the conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, interesting context there that um, Alfred introduces, and he brings the numbers, the, the, crunch, the, the crunch data, and gives us so important context. But we, we, we are, we are, we are to have been connected to Christian Freer. He speaks for the YEA. So, Mr. Freer, you've had the, 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 the Nicholas, and he, he had no job. He had to do something for himself. I'll get back to him in a minute. Karim also paints the picture about the situation. And Alfred sort of contextualizes it with data. You are with the YEA, and a huge chunk of the people who do not have jobs are the young people, the youth. I mean, do you consider that the youth employment situation has gotten out of hand and your institution is doing something to bridge it? Hello, Mr. Frie. Hello, Frie. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Did you get the question? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Yes, so did you get my question or I have to repeat that? Yes, I got the question. Okay. Um, let me say a very big thank you to you and your listeners tonight and then to my colleague panelists who are uh, on. I was actually called into the interview, but um, I listened to the last part of, uh, I think, Alfred, who was speaking. And for your question, I would say that um, it hasn't gotten out of hand. Um, as some people may painted to be that gloomy. It hasn't at all. Um, what 
Alfred have been saying is very right, that we need to create sustainable jobs. And I think we at the Youth Employment Agency, led by my boss, Mr. Kofibe Japan, we've had the focus of creating sustainable jobs. I mean, if you look at the last two years, Joy FM, you've been following all the things that we've been doing, the programs that we've been launching, and so on and so forth. And our focus has not been on what we call the traditional modules of the Youth Employment Agency, which we've been doing uh, since about 2006 or 2008 till now. We are focusing on about three key areas. One of them is the artisanal industry. And I'm sure that you followed us with our partnership with the garment and textile industry to launch a program um, for people who are mastercrafts in, in textile, fashion design, tailoring, seamstresses, and so on and so forth, who have accepted to, to train a lot more young people to become fashion designers on their own, to become um, employers on their own, and mastercrafts on their own, and be able to employ a, long, uh, a lot more young people. If you look at the second thematic area, we are looking at a, a, a higher collaboration with the private sector. And my chief executive believes, and the entire management, of course, the board, governing board as well, believe that the most important or one most critical way of creating employment for young people is to create a conducive environment for the private sector to thrive. And so we have been focused especially on partnering with AGI, partnering with uh, PEP Private Enterprises Federation, partnering with Ghana Employers Association, partnering with even the diplomatic community and uh, um, the other agencies who are not of Ghana to create employment for the young people of Ghana. If you follow one of the programs that we've been talking about lately, the Business and Employment Assistance Program. This is an assistance we are giving to business owners, entrepreneurs, small-scale and medium-scale enterprises who were one way or the other affected by the COVID. Or they are startups, they are young entrepreneurs, they want to be able to expand their businesses. Somebody is a shoemaker, somebody has established a pharmacy and is not able to run their regular hours, maybe from 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. to about 11 p.m. We are saying that if you don't have the capacity financial capacity and you recruited just about two people, employ two more people, let's assist you to be able to pay those two people and then you, your business will expand. If you are closing at 8, now you can close at either 11 or 12 in the evening. You can run a shift and get more people employed. If you are a shoemaker, you need to train more people, you need to get more people come on as apprentices. You can get more, we assist you to give them some stipends. You train them. I was in um, uh, Chebi last week. We paid a cat call on the achievement last week. And have you saw some of the beneficiaries of a business that we are partnered with? I've forgotten the name. I, I'm sure I'll, I'll get it for you in the course of the conversation. He is training about 75 young people in fashion design. And he was happy to address us from the head office because all the young people there who were walking the streets all the time had been recruited into his business and had gotten to several stages of the, the, the fashion design apprenticeship business who were gradually becoming fashion designers on their own. The third thematic area, so I've mentioned the artisans, I've mentioned the partnership with the private sector. The third one is to support entrepreneurs to also grow. And so these are things that 
I mean, we have seen, and from the statistics Ghana Statistical Service has given and from where all my colleagues are talking from, it is very difficult for the very formal sector alone to employ all the young people that are in the system. And so what we are doing is, yes, we are doing the formal sector. We are formalizing the informal sector and making sure that people have jobs. Just yesterday, we launched, uh, we, we outdoored, mm. A partnership with uh, a number of associations in the persons with the with disability sector, mm. where we are recruiting 282 young people, especially those who are in the two who have lost their jobs mm-hmm. to come back into employment. We have offices across the 261 districts. These are people who are going to attend to the needs and make sure that when recruitment is going on in the district, whether in the private sector, in the public sector, or wherever. These people, and if, and if it's for the youth, these people are making sure that the needs of the persons with disabilities are catered for. And we are saying that they have become permanent staff of the youth employment agency. We put a doubt yesterday. I, I hear some people are doubting that. What we have done so far is to be as transparent as possible. Okay. I mean, transparent as possible. I want you to hold it there for me, Kwasie Fuye, then I'll come back to you. I mean, Karim, you listen to Mr. Kwasie Fuye there tell, tell you about all the things that YEA is doing. Do you think they are doing enough to be able to bridge the gap because they are focused on the youth? Hello, Karim? Okay, if Karim is not... Um, okay. I, lost, I lost you a bit. Can you take your question again? Yeah, I, want you, I wanted you to reflect on some of the points Kwasie Fuye had raised in terms of what they are doing at the YE and whether you believe that that is enough. Of course, he's put out some data, what exactly they are doing at Designer, moving people to do more blue-collar job and all that. What will your, your take? All right. Um, thank you very much, Dr. Santi. So while he was speaking, I was taking notes um, because it's important that we interrogate all of the issues uh, properly. And I'm just going to go back to what uh, Alfred you know, said before um, he took over to speak. And the question specifically was on sustainability. All right. Now we're talking about sustainability. You're training people in A, you're training people in B, you're training people in that. The question I want to be asking right now is that how many people in all have been trained in all of the initiatives that they, they you know, they start? How many people in all have we trained? Out of all of the people that we have trained, what is the long term plan? So we train them and leave them. How many of them have been helped to set up their own enterprise or their own businesses? After setting up these businesses, how much money are they making, right? That's sustainable enough to be able to take care of them and their needs and to even help them to expand their businesses um, as far as I'm concerned. In helping them set up those businesses, what, what are their production capacities, okay? Because I feel like every day we keep saying the same thing. We're training people in that. We're training people in this and we're doing this and we're doing that. But the question is, where is the real impact? Because if indeed... We have seen any of these things happening. I don't think we'll be having this conversation today to start with. I don't think we're going to be having this conversation Mm. today to start with. Mm. And so if we are doing all of these things, where is the real impact? We need to see it on the ground. Okay? Because I don't think that it's enough for someone to be earning 500 cities or 1,000 cities a month from a business and we say it's sustainable enough. And so that that enabling environment is still not there. Even if they are earning 10,000 or 20,000 cities and cost of living is still high, and taxes are still shooting up, then those businesses or those enterprises that people are setting up are still not going to be sustainable enough to cater for them and cater for their needs. So all of these are critical questions that we need to be asking ourselves because, honestly, we've had we've had these things and we've trained that and we've created these opportunities and we've done A and we've done B and we've done Timbaku. 
where is the real impact of all of these things that we claim to be doing? Hmm. Why is it? Because mm-hmm. we don't see it on the ground. It's not felt on we the ground. Do not see it. You understand? It's not felt. How are they even advertised? For people, for people to, to get access to these opportunities as well. Okay, good point you make there about advertising. And we've just been joined by Eugene. Eugene is currently job hunting. Eugene is actively looking for a job now. Eugene, you heard their YE and all the things they're kind of doing. Karim ends by talking about how that information is even going out. As a young person searching for a job, are you getting the opportunities? And YE, some of the things they do, is it something that you even find? Do you even find them, Eugene? If you can unmute so that you can make this point, Eugene. Yeah, thank you very much, Goku. So I completely said with Karim. The question now begs that where exactly are they finding these people? What exactly are they making them do? Where can we find those jobs he's talking about? All right. At this point in time, a young graduate like myself will complete his bachelor's degree, start to search for a job. At 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 least, um, you can look at what happens in the outside countries. By the time you are done with your bachelor's degree, at least you should be able to find something that is laid down. I mean, you have, you have some laid down processes that you can go through to have whatsoever job that you want to do. But in that part of the country, realize that you are, you are supposed to chase after jobs right after a bachelor's degree. And sometimes, if, 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 if you are not careful, you end up with just a bachelor's degree because you would use so many years in hunting for job. You cannot even do well in progressing whatsoever education you would want to have for yourself. And so that is the problem. We, we may want to ask him, where can we find these jobs? What are they do, doing? What are the qualifications for, 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 for those that they picked? And if that is so, so much feasible, as in, as in if that is something that is really on the grounds, if that is something that is really going on, I, I, I beg to, 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 to differ because we are not seeing anything. We are not seeing anything on the grounds. Uh, um, um, Alfred, you 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 minded it, and I'll I'll go to, I'll, I'll come to you, Mister Free, so that you can respond. I just want to go around the table so that you can respond at the end. Alfred, you listen to Yee. We we've heard in the past, Jida, Suba, all these things expected to create jobs, and there are those who said they've really just been reduced to political talk shops and other things. You've heard that from Yee. You think you think that point. Whatever they are doing is is great enough. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by thirty percent in twenty twenty three. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Sustainable. So, thank you, Kuku. I, I have a, a couple of points. Um, the first one is that I think there are too many cooks in the kitchen 
when it comes to trying to address um, unemployment, youth unemployment, right? So YEA is doing something. Um, Ghana Enterprise oh, Agencies okay. has... I think one of the guys on Zoom has, has a situation that he has to deal with, so we'll fix that. But Karim, if you can unmute for me, if you can mute, I think, so that I, I, can, I can focus on, 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 on Alfred. So Alfred, you, you can make the point. Okay, so like I was saying that, there, so YE has something going on, trying to address youth unemployment. Um, Ghana Enterprise Agency is doing something. The National Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program. So there's so many agencies that are trying to address a similar pro problem. And I think what that creates is that, you know, that, that lack of coordination, that lack of um, kind of one front to try to deal, to deal with that. Like the government of Ghana recently did um, the review of EMAC funds, because YEA is funded, uh, YEA is an EMAC fund, right, through the communication service tax. So the, uh, the, when the government did a review, one of the recommendations was that consider what consolidating all these uh, different uh, agencies that are touching on youth unemployment that are trying to address youth youth employment issues. So that's what the one point that I want to make about that. That you know, that just been having too many cooks in the kitchen mm. could be a, it's a it's a significant challenge. Mm. The other thing is that one of the things I've noticed is that the definition of what a job is when when it comes to some of these government agencies is is really unclear, right? There are some instances where people are counting skills training. So like when uh, uh, the PRO was, he, was, he talked about like they're providing all this training for people. What I've realized is that in some instances, those trainings are even counted as jobs created, right? We provided this training for this person. We think this person is going to go on and set up and uh, and set up their own business. And, you know, they're in fashion. They've got training in fashion. They're going to do their own business. So that is a job created. Like, what is the extent of follow-up that we actually do to, to look at the effectiveness of these interventions that we put in place, right? And so when people say, well, we don't see the jobs, we don't feel it. It's some of these things. We, 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 we don't have, a, I don't think we have a very robust culture when it comes to evaluating the effectiveness of initiatives that we do. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know what happens inside YE. Maybe YE internally has some evaluation, so comprehensive evaluation that they do that is not public. It's, I mean, it's very hard to find information publicly anyways. So that's the other thing. Then the, the last point was when, my, when the PRO spoke, he said something about the youth unemployment rate is not getting worse. But actually, the data says that it is getting worse. Um, so when you look at the Ghana Living Standards Survey that was done in 2016-17, um, for the younger youth, which is between 15 and 24, the unemployment rate there was 18.5%. Um, and then for the, the more of the adult youth, so 15 to about 15 to 35 years, it was about 12.6%. When you look at now, that 18.5% is now 30%. And then that 12.6% is now 22%. So I don't think you can say the unemployment rate has not gotten worse. It has actually gotten worse. So then then now comes back to the whole point of what is the effectiveness of these interventions. Intervention. And because we have so many cooks in the kitchen, we have so many people touching the same topic, um, maybe the interventions are not intense enough, right? The interventions are not intense enough. We spread ourselves so thin that we cannot do very, very intensive interventions to make sure that people really, really connect right. to the labor market. Mm. Thank, thank you. And I'll come to you, um, Efri, in a minute. I want to hear from Nicholas if he hears about some of these opportunities and whether he considers himself employed. And for those who have just joined us, Nicholas, as Nicholas completed uni, and was not getting a job, he decided that he'll go to the markets 
and test market women for their blood pressure and other things and charge them two series, three series, etc. Nicholas, do you consider yourself employed now or whilst doing that, you're actually actively job hunting? And how do you relate to what the YEA PRO talks about in terms of what you're able to do to help people like you get skills mm. and be employable? Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Um, first of all, um, just as the government is trying to achieve efficiency and effectiveness with respect to the utilization of state resources. Similarly, I also try to achieve value for money. I went to the uni to learn a skill set that is accounting. And at the end of the period, I'm not getting a job that I spent money to acquire that knowledge. And I found myself doing something else. So I will not classify myself as someone who is employed, but I, I, I'll classify myself as, as someone who is underemployed which is even a worst case scenario as compared to someone who is not even employed. Now, with respect to what uh, YE is saying, I, I, well, I believe that in every statistical data, we have what we call the sample. And in every sample, we have sampling risk, which may not clearly reflect or represent the entire what, population status. Maybe the statistic that they are, they are, they are, they, they, they've gathered, that is the picture that they are saying, but on the ground, it is not like that. So I feel so much sad when I hear these um, governmental institutions making such uh, statements. I feel so much hurt because on the ground, we are suffering. And they will come out, come out telling that we've done this social intervention program, we are, dying, we are doing this intervention, and we don't hear about it. This is the first time I've, I'm even hearing this. I'm mm. always on social media, but this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Mm. There's a poor communication, and, and I don't know how well they do their, uh, they, 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 they intensify their advertisement or they carry out the message to the general public. Mm. Those interventions are made for the public. So if you are carrying out such an intervention, and majority of the population are not aware of that, then automatically it has failed. It's yes. a failed program. And there's a problem. 055 I want to hear from those of you who are listening. Very soon we'll get to the messages. But Kwesiefriye, how do you respond to all the concerns expressed around the table? <laughs> um, I'm sure you would have to give me some time to uh, respond. If, yeah, if you have, I'll, I'll give you, you I'll give you enough time. If but if we can, if we, we can run through it quickly because we just have about so, ten first, minutes. My, my very first question is: um, I want to put back to Nicholas is doing something for himself, but um, for Nicholas and Eugene, have they um, searched youth employment agency before on the internet? Well, maybe for them. It's not just about searching, but they don't even they can't even they don't even have the idea to go and search because they don't even. But know that's about the problem, Kuku, and that's where we need to come from and begin the conversation. That's the entire the exact problem we are talking about. There is an institution called Youth Employment Agency, mandated and, uh, by the Act of Government at HHA to provide young people with jobs, and those that we can provide with jobs, we have to facilitate the creation of jobs for them. We have set up a platform called the YEA Job Center, where we have collaborated with the private sector because we believe that not every business entity has the capacity, financial muscle, to be able to advertise with JoyFM, to be able to advertise with Daily Graphic. Some, there is a business somewhere in Sabinu or Kwabili East, where I come from. Somebody needs just an accountant to help him with his bookkeeping. The person is doing well, he goes to China and come back and all of that and is looking for somebody who has completed university and pay him about 5000 but he doesn't have that financial muscle to come to enjoy him to come and advertise because he only needs one person. So we set the market, we analyze the market, and realize that there are pockets of jobs 
at certain parts of the country. And when we provide a platform where young people can go and apply, and we do job matching for them, they can, on their own, be matched to employers. You have never searched on the internet for any government agency that is responsible for providing employment. You even realize that we have a platform that will connect you, Eugene, who is speaking with me on the platform now. If you have done accounting or engineering or you've done marketing like myself or communication like myself, there is a communication somewhere in Tabelugu Natum. You haven't done that, but you are blaming government and blaming the institutions that are mandated to do so that our communication is so well. Meanwhile, we work with all media houses. We work on all social media platforms. We have a website. So the, the, the burden is not only on one party. It is about the orientation of those people that are also looking for their jobs. I've been in, the, in this industry for a while. I'm a journalist myself. I'm a communicator myself. And then I've been in the employment creation business for a while. I'll tell you one thing. That I've dealt with people who come out of university and the orientation is that there is money out there in the next one or two years. Kuku, I need to buy a Toyota Highlander or I need to buy a Toyota Camry after waiting for one or three years. And the orientation is such that they finish the school and the job has to be there. I think that, yes, that's where government is gravitating towards. With all the digitization agenda, with all the 1B1F agenda, with all the privatization, private uh, partnership agenda, that is where we are gravitating towards. But what is the orientation also of the young people that are coming out in the search for jobs? It's one very key question that we need to ask. Eugene asks where the jobs are, and I've given you the example of how the jobs are hunted for, and when they come around, the orientation and the attitude and all of that. And let me, let me try to address the sustainability again with, with Karim. And I've said that we believe that the business of government is to create a, a conducive environment for the private sector to thrive and to create more jobs. I intentionally did not mention some of the jobs that we have created even on our own. And I intentionally did not mention some of the trainings that we have done on our own. I focused on the sustainable bits that we are creating. I mentioned the artisanal industry. As I speak to you now, we have a training going on, and let me let me let me bring um, our first point in. The training is not just a training in itself, but it is a training for people to become master cross in the artisanal industry. I can mention plumbers to you. I can mention uh, masons to you. I can mention tailors to you. I can mention makeup. Makeup artist uh, industry is booming all over the country, everywhere. Not even in Ghana alone, but everywhere in the country, people are making businesses out of it. People are having funerals, people are having weddings, people are having parties every weekend. And makeup artists are making money. TV station, you don't sit there without a makeup artist. We are training people in these areas to become master crafts on their own. As I speak to you, we are training 20,000 artisans. When we finish the training, we are putting them on a single platform, like an Uber platform, where, as people, you're working now, if your wife calls you from the house, that the the, the taps are not flowing, or there is a problem with the plumbing works, you can check within your area, if you live at Awushi, where I live, and check which of these people live in Awushi. We are creating the market also for them. Mm. Okay, Kwesi, I'll come back to you again. And you talk about wife, I'll be, I'll be excited that my wife will call me and say, oh, something is not working. I'm looking for that one wife very soon. I, I hope I get, I get to find her soon enough. But Michael, we have some messages coming in on the notes that Kwesi just blessed me with a wife.
Well, I see Sarah smiling at the production board. Probably she, she wants to marry me, but we'll talk about that after the show. Michael, the messages are coming in thick and fast. What are they saying? Let's start with Bannerman, all the way from the US of A. He says, the impression we Ghanaians create that no jobs in Ghana is very unfortunate. There are jobs in Ghana, and Ghanaians think working in the government sector is what they call jobs, right? The private building construction sector it's a lot of, has a lot of job vacancies available and no applicants to fill this job opportunity. I mean, if people like yourself to have left the country too. Yeah, uh, is chilling <laughs> in the US. <laughs> Banaman, thank you for sending us that. Uh, now, Kwesi from Nungwa says, unfortunately, the GSS figure is lower than the reality. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he thinks. Well, one in five people is unemployed. Unemployment is killing the youth. We need real jobs. Mm. I don't know what you term as a real job. I think yeah. that ties into what Bannerman saying to yeah. that. that. That's a perception of what a job can be as well. But if I take you to Twitter, Kwikum, now there's, there's this one from Joel Andrew. And he says that, who they lie? He sends us a story that we did here. Mm. He says, that, well, we've created an unprecedented 2.1 million jobs since assuming office. And that's that's, that's coming from, yeah. yes, that's coming from Bob. Yeah. We'll interrogate those figures <laughs> with Alfred in a, mo- in a moment. And he says, I mean, so if you go on that, even that post, a number of questions, questions. about where are all where of are those jobs? jobs because jobs? some of them are looking for, some of them where are the two million jobs and, and the like. So, Kweku, uh, this one says, oh, is the government statistician saying that 15 years old can be employed in Ghana? Even as we can't find jobs, how much more the 15 year olds who mm. have no certificate? Well, I mean, you'd be surprised to know that some of them may have some uh, skills in some yeah. sectors that may be very well, there's useful. Photo, there's photocopy who's singing all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. they ask to probably put it in their place of being employed. So, Michael, thank you very much for those comments that you, you guys are sending us. Interesting comments about where the jobs are and people saying that it appears the data is much worse than what the Ghana Statistical Service put out. Of course, that's, that's, that's why this conversation is important. But, Alfred... You see people asking where the jobs are. The vice president spoke two weeks ago or three weeks ago and said government had created so many jobs. I remember once the minister for Greek talked about uh, the planting of food and jobs and spoke about 700,000 jobs having been created. The minister for employment sometimes says they've created 2 million jobs, sometimes 3 million jobs. Alfred, where are the jobs? Where are the jobs they? <laughs> I think that question should be directed to the vice president, honestly. Uh, but I keep making the point that it's really about the definition of job, right? I think that's really where, where we've been missing the thing. Like when we, when you look at the breakdown of the vice president's numbers, like uh, I think he had 1.4 million for the public sector and 900,000 for the private formal sector. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Right. So when you look at that data, what, what that really tells you is he's really focusing on the more like, I guess, paid or formal kinds of jobs, right? I mean, YEA is in there too for creating some of the jobs as well. But that's why earlier I wanted to point you to the picture of wage of wage employment, right? So when you create 2.3 million jobs, remember that the, the number of people employed is about 11 point something million. So if you alone create 2.3 million of those, 
and a lot of them are in formal sector like private formal and all of that that should cause a fundamental shift in the structure of the labor market and the, from the earlier data that I was giving you, I said that in 2016-17, the people in wage employment was 24%. Now it is 22%. So we have even decreased when at the same time we are claiming that we've created all these jobs. So that is really, that doesn't add up, right? And I, I and you know, that raises a lot of skepticism on my part because I really need to try be able to triangulate this data with other sources of data that we have available. Mm. So, like for example, I look at active taxpayer population. So, government these are jobs that are created by government agencies and the formal private sector. So, I should see a reflection of that in the active taxpayer population because, of course, if these jobs are, are you know these jobs are quote unquote sustainable jobs, they should reflect in the the the, the number of people that. Are, paying taxes actively when you look at gra data um between 2019 and 2022 when you compare it to the vice president's numbers between 2019 and 2022 there's significant difference mm -hmm. so where are the jobs well, and i think that that's mm -hmm. the question that we keep asking and one one last point that i wanted to make quick, quick, was in relation to the pro for uh, the, uh the uya i think yea is doing some some work they're doing some good work i think in my opinion we, we, because we don't really see um, the, the we don't really see reports of on on the evaluation of of these all these employment activities that they're doing, it makes it hard for anybody to see that this is really what they're doing. Because right now, all we get from the YEA is we've created this many jobs, we created this many jobs, but what. What, what, like how sustainable are these jobs? What kinds of follow-up are we doing? Like if we train somebody in fashion designing and we say, okay, we've, we, we, are create, we are creating, we are, we are training them to be master, master apprentice, like right? or master workers or uh, whatever the term that he used. Mm, mm. What is the extent of follow-up that is happening? Is how do we know that actually they are staying in that job and continuing to succeed? How do we do that follow-up? Okay. I mean, interesting, interesting conversation there. Thank you so much for all of you, all of you for, for joining us. And we, we need to have another time to be able to interrogate some of the things you guys are doing at YE. But you've said some things. I think they are really brilliant. Karim abdul you always bring the fire to the show. And thank you. And to you, Eugene and Nicholas, I, I, I like what you're doing for yourselves. I really wish you all the best. I hope that you get to find something. But there are so many people out there who just can't find jobs. People ready and willing to work, but can't find it. The government, the private sector, we all need to do a bit to ensure that the jobs happen. The, the data from the Ghana Statistical Service that came in this week is scary, and we need to look at it. The national security document shows that if we do not really resolve the employment or unemployment issue in the country, we are sitting on a time bomb, and who knows what is going to happen next. I don't want to be the purveyor of bad news. We all want to do bet better for this country. Andy Dusty is up next with the library. You don't have to go away. You know, it's always insightful conversations, really interesting stuff about music. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you again next week. My name is Kweku Asante. Thanks for listening. So associated with hypertension, 